Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Hello and welcome to another Modern Mind ancient book. Today we are going to be starting or doing a survey, I apologize, on the book of Numbers. The Hebrew title for the book of Numbers is Vayadaver. It means, and he said. And it's taken from the first line of the text. The rabbinical writings refer to the book of Numbers as in the wilderness, which is also taken from the first line, but perhaps provides a better description of this book. Israel was not only in the wilderness physically, but also spiritually. The English title, Numbers, is based on the Greek Septuagint, and it emphasizes the numbers of the censuses, or the heads of the household. The Book of Numbers is affirmed as being of Mosaic authorship, or written by Moses, 80 times. Numbers records historical events. It's another historical narrative of the now nation of Israel. This book is from 1444 to 1406 B.C. The history begins one month after the completion of the construction of the tabernacle. The majority of Numbers focuses on a 38-year period during the wilderness wandering. The last section covers the first five months of the new generation. This is the generation that will enter the promised land. The writing of this book, or the recording of this book, recorded, uh, began sometime after 1444 and was completed in 1406, and, or shortly sometime after. The Book of Numbers, Ovaya de Bar, records the transition from the Exodus generation to the new generation who would enter the Promised Land or the land of Canaan. The Exodus generation failed to believe God and they rebelled against Moses and turned against following God at Kadesh Barnea. God judged them from that point to wander in the wilderness until that generation had died and a new generation could be raised up to take possession of the promised land. The generation that left Egypt was essentially Egyptian. They had to learn to worship this new God, the God of their fathers, Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob. The new generation, this generation who was en who would enter the land of Canaan, who would become the conquering generation, they were a generation who had not known Egyptian rule nor Egyptian worship. They were a generation who grew up with the tabernacle, with the new system of worship, under the theocracy of Israel, a newly formed nation whose God was king of that nation. This generation would take possession of the land. The first recipients uh, would have watched their adult generation, the older generation, which is numbered by uh, adults 20 years or older, die over a 40, roughly 40 year period because they had failed to obey the word of their God at Kadesh Barnea. These recipients would have grieved over the loss of the friends and of their family because they failed to trust the Lord their God. The new generation watched Israel rebel. But these recipients, the recipients of this book, would have been those who are coming to age who were now the new nation itself, completely divorced, removed from Egypt, and who were, who were aware and capable of worshiping the Lord their God in the way that they had been taught. The way that you would want to read this is that you had witnessed God's miracle and experienced his sustenance. You've been given water and food for all of this time. You've been taught and raised up to worship the Lord your God. His presence was there with you in the tabernacle. You would be standing in the plains of Moab near the place of Mount Nebo. As you look back, you would be reminded of the many years of wilderness wandering in the Sinai Desert. You would have buried many of your family and friends in caves and in the desert stand. But now you're ready to enter the Promised Land. You know from reports that there are giants and powerful peoples in the land. Canaan is filled with many people who do not worship like you. And there are many trials and temptations if you were to fall into their false worship. You must learn from the mistakes of the past. And you have to follow your leaders and not complain against them much less the Lord your God. Moses and Aaron would have died, but God has raised up Joshua, Eleazar, and others to guide you to victory. You are going to encounter false gods and prophets in the coming years, but God will give you victory just like he protected you from Balaam and Balak. You would read numbers so that you avoid the failures of your fathers, that you would be faithful where they had not been. 
You must prepare your trust in the Lord your God to deliver you from battle and give you victory over your physical and spiritual enemies. The argument of this book is that the Lord your God has prepared a covenant people, you, Israel, for holy war and to inherit his promised land by judging the disobedient generation that was and raising up a generation who would be obedient and knew his ways. The purpose of this book is to encourage the nation of Israel to form an ordered national life by trusting the Lord, by obeying his covenants, and by following their appointed leaders. This book is about learning from the failures of the fathers so that when they go into the new land, they may possess it and be faithful in their execution of uh, proper worship to the Lord their God. The key verse for this is Numbers 14, chapter 14 and verse 30. It says, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But you, your bodies, will fall in this desert. And that is the Sinai Desert. Themes in this book are organization, according to heads of households, the individual fathers and their children. Uh, there's a census of how many people. There's a time of testing. There's chastisement by God. The theme of the promised land is heavily woven through the text. There's also rebellion and murmuring or talking badly about leadership. The wandering through the Sinai Desert is a very strong theme. Leadership is definitely a theme. Obedience and disobedience are themes. The promise of the defeat of nations in the, in the wars to come. The priesthood and what they do is a heavy theme. Also the festivals, the ancient festivals of Israel are a theme. The organization of the new generation of the priest and the people is what's recorded. You find the Nazarite vow in this book for the first time. You see um, the sin of Moses, what happened to Korah's family, and a salt covenant in chapter 18. You learn about Balaam. 
and you learn about a holy war. You learn about failures, but you also learn about cities of refuge, and this is where the organization part comes in. There, the outline uh, of this is, there's a census of the 12 tribes. Well, first you prepare to, to enter Israel. You learn about the preparation to enter Israel. Then there's a census of the 12 tribes. There's a position of and order of the 12 tribes, duties of the Levitical families, laws for keeping the health of the camp, laws for restitution, laws for the wife's morality. This is a particularly difficult one. Instructions for the Nazarite vow, instructions for the priestly blessing, uh, leadership offerings, sanctification of the Levites, the celebration of the Passover, and the promise that God is going to lead. You also have the failures of Israel. You have when Israel begins the march to Kadesh Barnea. You have God's judgment of Israel for complaining about meat. God's judgment of Miriam for criticizing Moses. The reconnaissance and the bad report of the spies. The Lord's condemnation for unbelief. Instructions for offerings when they enter the land. Laws for intentional and unintentional sin. Making of tassels to remember the laws. This is an ancient custom, which is still practiced by um, more conservative Jewish people. The Lord judges Korah, Dothan, and Abiram. The Lord validates the Aaronic priesthood with the budding of the rod. Instructions to Aaron for the priesthood and sacrifices. Instructions for the red heifer sacrifices, which you hear about today. It's worth reading. That's in chapter 19, verse 1 through 22. The sin of Moses when he struck the rock. When Edom refuses to let Israel pass through the land, the death of Aaron, the death of Erod. When God judges Israel for, uh, with fiery serpents, it's actually an interesting read, 21 verses uh, 10 through 35. Oh, I'm sorry, 21, 4 through 9. The defeat of Sihon and Og, the first two kings, when Yahweh blesses Israel in spite of Balaam, um, contrary to the Midianites, Balak hires Balaam. Balaam repeatedly blesses Israel. The Lord judges Israel for the golden calf idolatry. Census of the wilderness generation. There is. Laws concerning inheritance, the Lord commanded Moses to appoint Joshua the uh, successor. Instructions for sacrifices and festivals, laws concerning vows. Judgment on the Midianites. 
instructions for those who um, stay on the one side of the Jordan, for the Transjordan tribes. Review of the journey from Egypt to Moab. Instructions for possessing the land. And instructions for dividing the land. So, from the Exodus to Egypt, or Exodus from Egypt and arriving at Mount Sinai, the Lord revealed himself at Sinai. Then there was the completion of the temple, the command to number Israel, and then departure from Sinai. They arrived at Kadesh, Miriam died. Aaron died, and then there was 30 days of mourning, and then they departed for Moab. Moses addresses Israel in Moab, or he addressed Israel in Moab, and then Moses died, and there were 30 days of mourning. Following that, Joshua and Israel enter Canaan. It's a 40-year period. Those are the major events. During this time, the covenant, uh, covenant requirements involving how the people would organize themselves and where the tabernacle would be, how sacrifices would be carried out, and on a daily, uh, the daily ritual of the morning and the evening sacrifices were carried out uh, over the course of an entire generation. And the people... Um, began to be the people Israel instead of just the people of the other side, the Hebrews. So you had Abram come from Ur to Haran, which at one point he, he left there, he came to Canaan, he went down to Egypt, then he came back to Canaan. Then you have Isaac, who has Jacob, who carried on the line and went through his history. Then you have Jacob, who had his 12 sons. Joseph was taken down to Egypt. All of the people then came down to Egypt, or all of the 12 sons and their father. Isaac came down, or Jacob came down to Egypt. And then there they stayed for, you know, 400 years. And they're taken out. And it's these first generation that had to wander through the wilderness, which should have just been a short trip. I think it's something like 12 days uh, to the crossing point where they would then take the land. However, there was a failure. The people came back and they were afraid and they did not believe God could deliver them. And so that's when kind of the key verse happens where God says, because you didn't believe me, it's the children whom you were concerned about who will enter the land. There's a fair amount of polemics or, or arguing in this uh, against the people for the things that they've done. But we have to remember the world at that point was a pretty severe place. And so... They needed to be ready to fight. And they needed to trust God to deliver them. 
because they would need all the help they could get. The people who were in the land were strong. They were prepared. They were fortified. And they had all the necessary supplies and weapons and organization to hold their land. And so when the spies went out and they saw these places, they saw these fortified cities and this rich land and these healthy people and giants, large people, they believed that they could not take the land. And so that was the failure of Kodash Barnea. Only two spies, only two men, only two heads of the household believed that they could take the land. One of them was Joshua, who became the leadership or the leader to enter the land. The Book of Numbers is well worth the read, and the history is amazing, especially given that today what used to be ancient Israel is now modern Israel. They're back in the land of Canaan, which is the land of Israel today. And they believe, they know, they celebrate that these things did take place. And so the heads of the household, the 12 tribes, they're still with us, tattered and bruised, but still living. And they're still in their land and they're still focusing on I mean, you still hear today about the red heifer. So when you read about the red heifer in the book of Numbers, you're reading about what's required of the red heifer today to rebuild the temple. The tabernacle became the temple. The temple was destroyed twice and has not yet been rebuilt. The hope is to rebuild it. The ancient traditions and the ancient festivals are still practiced today. If you go to, say, a Messianic synagogue, or if you're just interested, you can go to any synagogue. Spend a little time with the people, learn about the festivals. Not that we're going to go through them, because we're not going to go through them. We are, we're going to go through them all when we get into the details. So, that's the survey. Of numbers. I hope that you found this interesting. I always do. I love these books. I love history. These aren't the only books I love. But uh, these, these hold a special place in my heart. Israel is a very interesting nation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, come please back soon. come back soon.